0: Hello and welcome back to our Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name is Sandra Patel, and I'm delighted to be recording today. I would love to welcome Emmy Merling, who is the Chief Product Officer at Wonderlust. Emmy is a seasoned professional with over a decade of experience in product management and leadership. For those that might not have heard of Wonderflats, they are Germany's market leader for mid-term furnished housing. To the podcast today how are you
1: hi sandra i'm great thank you so much for inviting me
0: absolutely welcome i've really been looking forward to this and i know we've had a little chat already but i'm really um i'm really infused by your energies um you know i think mean, so you've had a really good meeting this morning and i'm really looking forward to what we've got in store today um so it'd be really good if initially we can just kind of give a bit of context to our viewers and listeners Um, So it'd be really interesting to initially just find out a really quick whistle-stop tour of how you got to where you are today. Like, where did it all start and how did you get to the position that you're in today?
1: Yeah, Uh, I think that's a great uh, question and I'm going to try to answer it as succinct as possible. (laughs) Uh, We can all talk about this forever, I guess. So, I mean, it, it all started. So. Uh, My background is political science and business, so it's not the traditional coming from engineer or or design background, but I was always kind of interested and passionate about leadership. So I did that at a very early stage. And then my first job after university was actually working with um, startups in the tech space and also big companies in that tech space. And that's when I saw this startup um, ecosystem and... Mm. I had a chance to move to Berlin, and that's when I said, okay, I will start in a startup. (laughs) And that is when I actually did product management for the first time without knowing it. Um, I was the country manager Sweden. That's where I'm originally from. And uh, I got to kind of tra- take our product in Germany and launch it in Sweden. So I was doing cold calls and marketing and also products. So working with the engineers to customize the product for the Swedish market. Um, and then after two years in this company, which was actually property tech, this is back in 2010. I realized product management is what I want to do. And then I got a job at delivery hero one of the biggest food giants in berlin yeah. and that is where i had most of my product career and the rest is history <laughs> so that's how it all started
0: brilliant brilliant and then um, i know yeah i noticed that um before we um before we him on this podcast that you've got a really impressive background. I mean, you know, getting to sort of director level at Delivery Hero, and then obviously escalating. And um, that is absolutely fantastic. And it'd be really good to hear more like kind of specifics and detail around um, how you made that happen. You know, it's we make these things happen, don't we? They don't just you know. There's an element of those opportunities are presented to us, but they are nine times out of ten presented just because we've made it happen and um, you know and obviously you've been um you know at sort of chief product officer level you've, you're female i'm sure there was a number of other challenges that you experienced due to gender um along that that way so it'd be really interesting to hear about how you you know maybe if you give give us some specific examples as well of what you did what how you feel what what worked well for you to get you know to get you to move up those career
1: ladders? Yeah, I think that's that's such a great question, and it's something that I also have been aware about, especially the the whole gender debate and and women yeah. in tech and being yeah. underrepresented, and I made it kind of my mission to to kind of overcome those. Fears. And I was like, very early in my career, I was like, how can I negotiate better salaries and, and try to study these things? And I think a common denominator was that I, um, I... I kind of always challenge myself to do something I didn't feel really comfortable with. So there is mm-hmm. this common knowledge, right? That women apply to job where they feel like they match the CV with, yeah. I don't know, about 90% and men, which is kind of around 60%. Go for it, yeah. Right. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do the same, like, why is that? So it doesn't have to be that way. So I kind of yeah. like, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay mm-hmm. to be scared when you do something new, and it kind of worked for me. So I, I, that that has been like reflecting back on these challenges, and always kind of being trying to be like an advocate for for women and bring that topic up to to make sure that we overcome these inequalities between genders. And then, of course, that can also be evolved to to uh, different cultures and backgrounds and. Mm-hmm other uh in the differences so yeah, yeah for yeah, sure yeah fantastic
0: brilliant and how do you think um you know because I absolutely agree with what you said I absolutely agree with it however it's easier said than done isn't it for a lot of people for a lot of women um and I don't want to don't get me wrong I don't want to like you know just focus on this whole kind of you know where we're women and with you know um you know kind of female power and all that sort of thing but it is easier said than done. And, and what I really like to do is, is try and throughout these podcasts is, is you know, really try and offer advice and real life experiences and uh, around these challenges for other aspirational female leaders, but just aspirational, you know, aspirational leaders in general. Um, how did you, yeah, how did you just kind of, I know it's, it, you know, because I, I have the same thing. It's, it's you know, it's, it's I guess it's an extension of imposter syndrome. Um, you know, and you think, well, a lot of people are in that situation where they're like, "I'm, I don't have this and I don't have that." Oh, do you know what? I'm just going to carry on doing what I'm doing, and you know, it'll come to me later on, but it doesn't, and it's, you know, or you can have that inner voice saying, "Push yourself, push yourself, push yourself out of your comfort zone." But again, that's easier said than done, and actually doing it. Do you have are there any tools that you've
1: used, any techniques? That sure, sure. And it's, it's not easy. It's like, it's, it's a constant struggle. And I mean, <laughs> I'm, I, I cry a lot and I've been crying so much. Like, I mean, and that is like, it's been a, tr- a struggle and it's been a fight. Um, and I'm like trying to get there. But I think one of the, uh, and and that's why I'm so passionate about supporting other women and underrepresented groups, because the support item is the most important here. So I had, um, I mean, from my, from my husband, uh, I had tons of support, but I also have a network of, like, really strong women in the same kind of situation. They were also, like, focusing on, on their career and getting somewhere, um, but also just... And, and talking about it, and talking about your your struggles, and and getting that yeah. confidence from a strong network of support, and and right now actually I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing kind of on the side. I'm also consulting uh, with two other uh, CPOs, or one of them mm-hmm. is a the CEO now. But we all started as product leads. Uh, we're friends initially, but we all happen to be product leaders. And we have formed this consultancy uh, business that we do on the side supporting different companies. But first and foremost, we are uh, our own product therapy group, we call ourselves. And we check in Mm. every week and talk about our challenges. I still have challenges. I mean, that's not gonna stop. And I I still cry sometimes, absolutely. So so the thing is like, and, and having that network, like that support system, you, you then you know that you're not alone mm-hmm. and you get some other tips you can think clearly especially when you talk about it and then you get advice or just someone to listen to you and i think that's that's that has been yeah uh, the crucial the crucial point actually to know that you're supported you know you're not alone so that's that's kind of my main tip find your Therapy group, your, your work therapy group, in a way. And it's so important to do it with people in your same um, area of, of profession and skill set because the level of understanding you get there is, is much deeper. So, like an uh, engineering uh, therapy group, or uh, and it, it should be like also with people you trust. Uh, so, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love, I love, love that. I absolutely love that. And I agree. Um you know, so the the advice that I guess is key tip there is that um you know don't it can be a lonely place so and don't do it alone, speak to others, build up your own little network or group of people that you meet with and speak with regularly to help challenge and you know it's that challenge, isn't it challenge pushing each other out of your comfort zones um you know, and I think it's that also that old cliche, isn't it you see someone do it in that support group you see someone progress and, and you know go after what they know that they can do and, and achieve and that also then gives you that confidence and um, and enthusiasm that well they've done it this is how they've done it I've, I've, I've been with them on that journey I can do the same thing. Um,
1: I, th- I think there is also another I mean now thinking about this what? Why? Why haven't I, I done this? So I, I started early to kind of uh, question and challenge. If you if you don't ask for it, you will never get it. So I was also like, okay, I will ask. And it's a, it's like training a muscle. The more you do it, the more you like go into these channel uh, challenges and and ask the the uncomfortable questions and and take a position that. You are a bit scared about. The more times you do that, the more you learn that that it's okay. So it's about like training that, and it can start small and then kind of grow, yeah. grow bigger. Yeah. So fantastic, brilliant. And
0: um, you said earlier, you mentioned earlier. I think it was in your uh, intro um, around your journey and your background that you realised quite an early stage that you were really passionate about leadership um and um, and I get the impression and the feeling already that you are very you are a very authentic um open transparent person which I absolutely love. you're not afraid to be you know transparent and open and you know I, sh- I share the same pain and challenges as you are multiple times I've been in tears, and it doesn't stop doesn't stop um but I'd be really keen to talk more and delve into more detail a- around um i guess going back to first of all how did you realize that you were really passionate about leadership and, and why are you passionate about
1: leadership so so i think the how, how did i realize i think th- this is something i realized very very late maybe like it's not like a child like i want to be i want to be yeah. a leader and the and the boss or whatever it is but i think i realized that late after many many years in my career reflecting back what what have i done like that comes back and it's 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 about kind of it's about people first yeah. and foremost but it's also about like getting people from one point to another see things grow so this actually and i like uh, we talk about core values a lot and this was something I did very recently, this kind of the, what's your core values? I think I I saw someone post on LinkedIn, like what's your core values? I'm like, I have no clue what core values are, but there are these cool exercises that are very fast you can do. And then you just realize, Oh, these are actually my core values and you look back on what you have done. So, so leadership is something that it's not like something, okay, I want to be a leader. You, It, it, it kind of suddenly you're there. But I, I re, looking back at my university times, for example, I took this position in a, it's like a student club in Sweden. It's called Nations. It's a weird name, but like a sorority. But then I was responsible for the whole staff working at the student club. It's 80 people cooking in restaurants and clubs and um, doing sports event. And I was the personal manager there uh, taking care of them and I found myself in these position like leading people and it it goes back to my kind of need of creating relationships <laughs> with people and see them grow and by that I grow myself so um co- coming back to to by my kind of my core values, which I have figured out is uh, it's the empathy part um, and then also the growth mindset. And then the, the third one that we haven't talked so much about this is um, giving guidance and clarity. But I really, really enjoy that. And another piece of the puzzle is my my planning, uh, my planning gene. I don't know, if <laughs> <a gene. laughs> but this is something that I realized very early in my in my childhood, that I, I'm a planner and I want to plan my whole life. So I used to write these letters to myself in the future, where I kind of predicted where I would be and set some goals for myself. So at 10 years old, I knew uh, I was all already gonna be a successful journalist living in New York uh, by the time I was like 25. I mean that didn't happen, obviously, but yeah, I was planning and and like I don't do that much planning now I don't think it's it's good for me (laughs) Uh, and there are other ways but yeah
0: yeah there's pros and cons to that isn't there but that's really interesting because I had a similar experience as a child as well and I had it all mapped out and I was like I remember I was like when I'm 27 I'm going to get married by the time I'm 30 I'm going to have two kids and all this and that I'm you know my my upbringing was I saw my, my dad came from um, India, moved from India, worked in a factory and then he set up a business by renting someone's cellar and, you know, and grew that. And I was always like, right, that's it. I'm going to have a business and I'm going to run it and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Um, but um, it's um, it's interesting how those childhood experiences uh, filter into your working life and impact um your, you know, your life, particularly as a leader, I think, um, moving forwards and longer term, and it is very much having that that growth mindset. Um, I mean, I don't know how long you've been. How
1: long have you been in leadership for now? Um, uh, depends <laughs> how you define it. But uh, as a product leader, when was my first kind of real product leadership position? Was it two thousand and? 16, 17, yes 17 probably when I came back from my first maternity leave, came back to Delivery Hero and I was uh, offered the position to kind of lead the migration because Delivery Hero is big on merger and acquisitions, acquired all these food delivery platforms across the world. At some point they were like Uh, 40 plus different technical platforms and we needed a migration strategy to not like build software 40 times and like the overhead costs are massive. So there was this migration plan where we were migrating the, the Nordic... Uh, brands or the platforms onto the the platform that was managed uh, out of Berlin, which is where where food the brands like Fedora and Food Panda, if anyone knows them, <laughs> they were uh, managed uh, from Berlin. So so that was like my first real on paper leadership position. But product manager uh, by design is leadership, but that's when I led other product managers. So yeah.
0: And, and would you say having had what that sort of roughly around eight eight nine years, years, um, would you say that you're, um, I guess talking more about your leadership style here, but would you say that you're a, now you are a polished, accomplished leader or um, are there still areas that you feel um, you've got growth areas and development areas?
1: Yeah, I think I think actually I have a a ton of growth areas. <laughs> so I, honestly it's like the more I learn about leadership and the more like the more the years go by, I realize I need to learn so much more. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's like I feel I feel confident in my leadership style and as a leader and, and I know what I want, I know where we're going. And especially when it comes to product leadership, I have this like mindset uh, or, or like a structure, this is what we need to, where we need to go uh, forward. Um, but then there are a ton of areas and, and I think it's, and this is where my, my growth uh, mindset comes in, which is so important for me. And I, I always try to like, I have these strong opinions but i'm always ready to be proven differently if there's something better to learn and and unlearn and and learn something new so i had my like feedback process set up and now i got some new input from uh my ceo that ah this is also a good way to do feedback so i'm trying that and by by doing that i realized there there is a ton to learn but i but i have some kind of foundational confidence that that I can do this as a leader but it's very important to always stay stay on track and reinvent yourself if needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 continuously reinforcing as well isn't it? Like um you know there's all sorts of different challenges and situations that you come up with uh, through people and um, people change, people are different. No there's no one size that fits all. Um, so I do, I I agree with you, I do think that it's something where, you know, like you say, you can become and feel confident in your own leadership style and as a leader, um, but there should always be that growth mindset, um, like it it doesn't really, you know, and the world's constantly evolving and changing, which impacts people, then therefore that impacts your style and how you adapt to that, and um, Fantastic. Going back to touching on, you, we talked a little bit then or you talked a little bit then around uh, feedback that you recently had some um, um, feedback. What's your process? Um, I always find this quite an interesting one and and quite helpful to to share with others. What's your process around giving your people feedback um, and how do you feel that
1: helps others to develop their careers? yeah no i think I think that's a good great question and i've been i mean I've had different feedback formats and and tried different formats in during my career, and I think I will keep trying different formats so what what i'm currently doing and what i I'm a firm believer in now is like everything starts with understanding the person first so and this is where this empathy comes in. Where Where, for me, it's most important to kind of get to know the person I work with and who I'm supposed to give feedback to and and get the context and the background, and especially also, where are the ambitions and career motivations? like where so I always start by asking my direct reports, because those are the ones I'm responsible first and foremost, to grow and develop. So I first ask them, like, where do you want to go like where is your dream, dream job i even do this exercise i was
0: going to ask you what how do you do it what do you do if you got yes yeah,
1: e- exactly so so the first first thing i do and i did it very recently because i started at wunder flats in november so it's kind of super fresh in my mind so i take all my direct reports and i ask them to go and find your dream job on linkedin mm-hmm. uh, that you want to have in the next five years um to just have like a foundation and i think so far no one did it they could kind of talk about where they want to be in 5 years anyway but it it sets it sets a tone that i i don't expect them to and i don't want to say th- that they should say yeah in 5 years i'm still at this company like of course i want to keep them mm-hmm. as long as possible if if they're good and contribute but it is about their career yeah and I regard everything we do together in our current company should be like uh, kind of a step on their path. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the first thing I do. Like, where, where are you going? Where are your motivations? And then, of course, the other side of that is you have to understand when you're building a product org, you have to understand what, what people do you need, what type of skills what uh, is the culture you want to create, and you have to see who who fits in where and how can you develop them to better contribute to that organization. So mm-hmm. that's the two side of that that coin. Um, and I mean, I, I use a career level framework mm-hmm. that I built, and we had something uh, really great uh, at when I was at care.com and I've adapted that now to Wunderflats a little bit so that it's also very transparent for all the product managers in the organization and also the design lead that I'm leading, like where are they actually going and Mm -hmm. what does it take to get to the next step? Because that's usually the question you get. And there are like, uh, yeah, pretty extensive goals and what, what I expect from them. And then we usually set up, um, Uh, quarterly goals that are more short term to to have some focus because you can't focus on everything at once yeah Uh, i also i also really want to recommend a book that is called strong product people by petra ville Mm -hmm. and she has these amazing frameworks on how to like give feedback and, and grow product managers it's called the pm wheel so i i think that's a brilliant tool And and then you you build this very it's a very transparent and concrete path so that Mm -hmm. all your um, all your employees or direct reports know where they're going and what's needed. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to give feedback and then it gets very easy to give feedback because you you and it. There is no point in giving like very detailed feedback on areas where you don't need them to grow or where they don't want to grow. I mean, that's that's kind of secondary. I'm also a believer in like focusing on on the strengths more and yes. hone in on them and make them experts. Um, but of course, a product manager has to kind of have a lot on their checklists, but you can I, I try to see I try to form teams with like expertise so that there is a balanced mix of experts. Like
0: complement skill sets or the the teams complementing for other while yeah.
1: Correct. Yeah. So then I mean I have a I have a cadence where we do growth and development discussions quarterly. So every three months there is like an hour dedicated to like uh where, where are you, how are you tracking on your goals, and we measure it. It's almost like setting up OKRs. Uh, so so we, we set up concrete goals and how to measure them, and then we look at that, and then we can course correct and say, oh, this was actually not relevant, or you did uh, maybe 50%, I need you to do X, Y, Z here. So that's more like the... And then we also set up more long-term goals and see how we're tracking on that. And it's a mix of like work you do in the company with uh, training so sending them to training or conferences or coaching and external events getting that personal development and totally totally. absolutely so so it's a mix of both and then I yearly at least I collect some 360 feedback and especially when I was new and didn't know the team and how they're working and if they're like uh, so our head of design, he is—he has designers uh, that reports to him. Mm-hmm. So there, it's very valuable to get their feedback. Um, yeah. yeah, to to understand and and to make yourself um, a full fuller picture and to see are there some patterns here. So I usually do that as well, and then I I, I share that 360 feedback if there's anything. Um, And then I do, um, of course, also, I mean, I have regular one on ones right now they're i always did them weekly and i was like oh they need to be weekly uh now they're biweekly because I, I find myself like very thinly spread as a as a cpo like thinking about the future 5 years ahead uh strategy and then also like coaching senior pms to get to the next uh, level of leadership but yeah it, it's it's also working so it's fine and then i um I've also read the book Radical Candor by Kim Scott and there's a, a lot of great great tidbits there that I that I try to use and I think the the main point for me is like uh, giving direct feedback when it happens. So an example uh, I told you before we, we before we start hit record that I just came from a really great review meeting yeah. uh, with all the engineering teams, and we just rolled out agile, so so we're learning. It's like a massive mm-hmm. learning exercise now for everyone, and it was the third time, and they were doing so amazing. The growth the growth is hockey stick right now, um, but there were some feedback points that some of the presenters uh, I, I thought about it, and I sent it to them in Slack immediately, just like, I want you to think about this and here and there. And because then it's so fresh in your mm-hmm. mind and it doesn't get the big, to a big thing that yeah. you have to like postpone it to the next week. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. You know, There's a couple of things,
0: probably recent situations that I've experienced um, here at Transition Partners recently where I've tried to do the same thing as well because I've seen other situations where they've not been you know the the feedback hasn't been presented straight away then the situation's escalated um and uh you know and then it's so much harder to then uh retrieve that kind of you know pull back on on that situation um but i absolutely agree and it's it's you know Um, recent really really small kind of thing where someone um, in our business recently had um, you know posted something externally on uh, social media um, and it was great it was it was great that they'd you know what I wanted to do was I wanted to say well it's brilliant I'm really pleased that you've done that however a suggestion for next time maybe cut it down a little bit and make it a bit more succinct because it was like paragraph after paragraph and now it's just like you know my advice is that there may maybe people that just won't have the time to read that um but it is it's just about how you a feeling back like you say immediately there and then it's fresh in everyone's minds then isn't it and and i've ha- i've seen that before actually where when i've been coaching like yourself and i've seen others say well i'd rather you just tell me as and when it happens, not a week or two later down the line, because the other message that that's, I think that also sends a negative message to that person um, as well. So, yeah, I I absolutely agree with you on those points. Some really valid, some really useful tools and um, a couple of books that I haven't heard of before um, as well. So thank you for that. Um, I think it'd be good to just... um, Go back on, uh, obviously, you've got a a long um, career history, um, particularly um, more recent years, focusing around that people element, um, leadership. I'm sure there's been some lessons that you've learned. We're we're all human. We all make mistakes. We're not perfect. Um, I'd love to be able to share one example, if you're happy to share it, um, as authentically and honestly and openly as you can, a situation where you know you maybe didn't quite respond to it in the way that in hindsight you would have done could have done you've learned from it and what you did to kind of like rectify that situation it could be recent in the last 12 months or it could have been from a a few years back just whatever kind of springs to mind that you think's
1: worth sharing yeah sure and I I think that's that's uh, something we we all want to hear more about. These like mistakes and, yeah. and mistakes is is a learning opportunity, and mm-hmm. it, it's just so. So I actually recently just started to look at. Life in general as a test. So in in product, we try to like I have this philosophy that we should test often and experiment and launch stuff with guts and see what happens. Like, bold some some bold gutsy moves, Uh, and we learn
0: from that. Miles an hour, basically. Sorry, we run at hundred miles an hour. Basically, That's something yeah. you can in your right, let's
1: exactly. just <laughs> and you're right, exactly. We should, of course, balance that with like good user research. We don't want to build something that we have no clue what we what we did, of course. But sometimes yeah. you have to like get out of your analysis paralysis and just let's try it. Especially if it's a if it's a small effort thing, like let's try. So so I also try to regard um, life as that, like let's try it. And if we fail, it's okay because mm-hmm. then failure becomes more like a learning opportunity yeah. and we're great at that when we talk about launching products, but not so great when it comes to our own uh, careers so so one of the like major learnings where I just like realized that wow i that was something I, I shouldn't have done, or I wish someone told me it's it's not a one time thing. It's kind of something that have that that's an epiphany now in my latest 2 3 years and it's about how you as a product leader collaborate with the executive team. right? And I found myself during most of my career as a both product manager and product lead to always have this like battle and struggle with the CEO or the or the leadership. It's like, and, and there is a constant negotiation, like we should do stuff like this in product and you don't know and we need to be more product-led and go and buy Marty Kagan's book and, and read it because then you will know what's wrong with this uh, whole product organization. And, and there is like, not only of course, but there was this like gap and I don't know if this is a, a European thing because I, I also started to realize that we read books in product management, and they are mostly produced from our colleagues in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And how you do product there is kind of the, uh, I mean, now it's exaggerating. It's a little bit utopia, and, and it works differently in, yeah. in Europe. We're starting to realize this now in the product community. But there was this gap between like executive leadership and product we, we were not on the same wavelength and I'm not saying that you're not going to negotiate and challenge it's part of your um, role mm-hmm. as a product person to like convince and influence and and talk about your choices that you make what solutions are you you uh, thinking about doing and why and yeah. and how are you prioritizing based on customer and business value that's that's the important thing so we should do that but What I learned and and the mistake I made is like not trying to understand and have empathy for the CEO and the executive leadership. Because when you start doing that, when you let down your guard and not see them as like, some kind of, I don't know, (laughs) very untouchable person that is just here to, to lead and make money. When you, when you look at like, okay, they also have desires and needs and motivations and, and build that empathy. And I think Mm -hmm. it's extremely important to find common ground with Mm -hmm. company leadership, Mm -hmm. because when you do that, that's when you can work together. And then it's, way easier to influence them about product and i think it's also maybe it's sometimes me like i want to be right everywhere and (laughs) sometimes you just have to do what the company leadership is telling you to do i mean it's it's that easy it's about
0: managing it's it's that whole thing that isn't it managing down but also you've got in your role at your level you've got to manage upwards as well um and and i do and yeah i agree that's that's a whole new learning curve as well isn't it a whole different rather for sure so that was
1: kind of like if i could do one thing better it's it's really like start understanding and, and getting on the same level as, as the CEO if if that's yeah. the, like the main business partner that you have to work with and convince and understand yeah. who, who calls the shot and where and, and that's part of like understanding the company. And then your job is to motivate everyone else in your organization to do the same. But yeah. Which is
0: much easier if you're on the same page as the people above you and your man yeah. in those relationships sure. as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um fantastic. So, um we're just coming towards the time really. What um is there anything else that you would like to add? Any other experiences, challenges, anything that you feel is valuable, um, to add to, to sort of kind
1: of like end on really? Yeah, I think I mean to just continue from from my my kind of my mistake or failure and, and, and that learning. Um, the continuation and the kind of the, the learning that I took from that, that turned into a success, is realizing that it's actually, so if, if I now know that it's so important to find that common ground with the executive leadership, you can actually, and you, I, I'm telling you that you should choose your leadership team. When you are looking for a new job and and you can actually mm-hmm. do it. So I changed my whole like um, view of w- who I am as a leader because I'm like, okay, I know how I want to lead a product organization. I know how I want to like turn a company to more product led and how to coach product managers and all that. But actually... Uh, Leadership and especially company leadership—it's a—it's a team sport. Yeah. So I'm not only product uh, owners, uh, CPO, and leading product, but I also am part of leading the company at Wunderflats. And and so so before I I took this job, I realized like I have to find a leadership team, and especially the CEO because that is the most important. Um, relationship for a cpo unless you have a c cto which we don't have in this case but cto cpo relationship it's a partnership but ceo cpo is is also a different kind of partnership but very very important so so when i realized like okay i need to find common ground we need to be on the same level so i i need to find that leadership team that i gel with that i believe in and then it goes down to um your values Mm-hmm. and and your core values and and I was like I need to find the compassionate empathetic leaders that are purpose driven and uh, that also believes in my philosophy of how to lead a product mm-hmm. organization of course mm-hmm. or let me do it and and have a growth have a having a growth mindset that's kind of the the first thing I look at when I hire and when I also go to a place like, do I work with people with a growth mindset? Because then we're, we're gonna gel. We're gonna be on the same level. Um, and, and that's also what I did uh, and ended up at uh, Wunderflats, um, which has uh, till this day proved uh, to be uh, fantastically amazing. So I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah,
0: oh, fantastic. That's brilliant. What's um, just really interesting because you're so you seem so. I don't know. I don't know whether this is just you in general, um. But you, you, you come across very, very uh, enthusiastic, passionate. Really, you know, I can, I, you know, um. And I don't is is part of that because of this role at, at Wonder Flats as well. Like you know, we we didn't really touch upon the the culture there um too much. Um, and then obviously that's driven by the top. Um, yeah, but it's the, you know, kind of some like real kind of drivers there that are creating all this energy and, and passion that i Yeah, seen. yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I I, I think we did these um, Clifton strengths test uh, a while back um, with our leadership team, uh, actually. And one of my like, core strengths is positivity and uh, so, so i think i not always but i i've trained this muscle to to see it from the from the positive side but i think i have a genuine genuine enthusiasm about stuff uh, in general uh, but of course i get i get a lot yeah. of energy from from my company right now because i Uh, also preparing uh, a little bit for like thinking about this podcast and thinking about what is the core values of of Wunderflats and of course that is the reason why why I joined it's also about like compassionate being authentic like everyone can bring their true selves to work and we see it here every day and it's so it's so amazing and I get energy from from relationship and creating relationships I come to the office um mm-hmm. every day uh, even if we are a hybrid hybrid situation uh, and I meet with people in the office and I just get full with energy about that and, uh, so yeah no I I feel I feel I really found found um, home I found a place yeah
0: <laughs> fantastic that's brilliant um, I really really enjoyed that I can't believe how quickly it's gone um if any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you to get in touch um what's the best way for them to reach out
1: uh they can find me on linkedin i check uh, all my linkedin messages and oh. uh answer to to most of them that are not sales sales <laughs> <laughs> Um, fantastic. Well, thank you very much
0: for your time today and for sharing your real, you know, real authentic experiences and challenges. I really appreciate you being honest around the, you know, the leadership lessons that you've learned and really talking into them in, in, in more detail as well. So, Um, Yeah, really appreciate and I'm sure our listeners and and viewers will find it really valuable so thank you very much for your time
1: today thank you so much Sandra, this has been uh, a pleasure and I I love your podcast so this is going to be so interesting to see.
0: (laughs) Fantastic brilliant, thank you
1: thank you, bye